Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This week, we will hear from Pastor Nate Linseth in the series, Moving Forward. This third week on the series, we will hear him speak on generations. Now here is Pastor Nate. Man, maybe you didn't know, but we have Portland Ministry College right here at PCC. Did you know that? Isn't that awesome? Come on. And uh, if I could just have uh, Sherry, would you stand real quick? Everybody say hi, Sherry. Um, If you want to know more about that college and what we're doing and all the different things, we're training up pastors and equipping them. And uh, we actually have a few of our pastors that are going through. They're going to get their bachelor's degree. And you can even go and get your master's degree and continue education. And so um, we have Pastor Jason's going through it. Come on. (laughs) Pastor Paul, Jordy. um, I think uh, uh, Kyle's in it. All that said to say is if you would pray about, consider um, helping all of them go through college and get that. And we're believing for debt-free. Come on, debt-free in Jesus' name. And um, all you have to do is just write Portland Ministry College on uh, your check and just designate it towards that. And then that way we can distribute it and make sure everyone gets through it. Because we just believe we need more people preaching the gospel, not less. Right? We need more people trained, not, not less. So we want to thank you for your partnership. And we just want to encourage you, uh, if you would like to help us keep that going, man, that would be incredible. OK, one last plug. You ready for this? I want you to just guess what I am doing. You ready? Can you, let's, well, I got some people's attention. You ready? What, and when I do this, what do you think this is? A broken window. You're right. Yes, we have a golf tournament coming up, and I want to see you there August 12th. And we are not going to break windows, right? (laughs) In Jesus' name, we will not break windows. But we're going to have a lot of fun. So August 12th, sign up at pcctoday.com. It's going to be a great time. How many have enjoyed our new series that we've been doing, Moving Forward? Moving Forward? Yes, come on. I love it. I'm warming you up. Our claps are getting better. Did you feel that right there? Um, we had a uh, we had a, just a great time. The first week we talked about his presence is what sets us apart. We were not doing anything without the presence of God. Last week, Pastor Mael preached, and wasn't that incredible? Great job, yes. And as she talked about, as we move forward. We are going to be built on the foundation of God's word. And if you don't remember that, I I would encourage you just think about the sword and you will not forget it ever again. And so it was such a powerful message. So we're moving forward. There is no neutral in the kingdom of God. So we went from his presence and the word of God. And today we're going to talk about generations, generations. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you are a part of this generation. And look at your other neighbor and say, you too. (laughs) You too. You are a part of this generation. As we look through and do studies about generations, it's so interesting how although we're all here in one body and and one building in one place, 
It is amazing how the enemy wants to do everything he can to divide generations from each other. And what we're saying at Portland Christian Center is not in this house, not on our watch. We are going to love every generation well because people are the prize. No matter how old we are, people are the prize. I love how Tony Evans says it. He says it from the womb to the tomb, we will love people. Right? I think that's something worth clapping for. I'm going to say that one more time. We'll give you the From the womb to the tomb. Right? From the womb to the tomb. We love life and we believe that we are called to reach every generation and we want to learn from everybody. I grew up with an amazing heritage. And one of the things about um, being a legacy family that loves God is you get to hear lots of stories. And maybe you can relate to this in your family. Does some of your stories that have been told over and over and over get bigger and better every time? Well, I'm going to tell you one that I have heard, I can't even, probably 25 to 35 times at least. Um, it starts off at Sun Lake State Park. Has anybody ever heard of Sun Lake State Park? It's in Washington. Not very many people, okay? Um, it's it's a, a great place. Lots of uh, fishing, swimming in the summertime. It's up by Grand Coulee Dam, kind of that area up, up north in Washington. So we, we, uh, my, my dad was in high school. My uncle Bob, who was Shea Linseth's dad, uh, who was here, they were all there. And one of the things that they looked forward to, it was camping, it was outdoors, was they were hoping, because they were single young guys, to find a future dating person. So they would go to all the campsites and find the girls, you know, and see who they could meet. And my grandma Marion knew exactly what to do. She would always say, bring them back for dinner. And as soon as the ladies would show up, she would pull out her accordion and start singing hymns right there around the fire. And all the ladies would just run away. <laughs> she knew exactly how to handle it. Well, on this particular trip, they decided to go uh, get, to rent a boat, uh, like one of those little canoe boats, and they went out to an island where there was cliff jumping. And my dad and uh, my Uncle Bob, it was just the two of them, they're having a great time. And they decided, they got to the top of the, the cliff, and they were throwing rocks at the boat just to see how close they could get to it. I don't know why they thought this would be a good idea, but they thought this was a good idea. So they're tossing. They said some would hit the boat, some wouldn't hit the boat. They weren't really sure. So they're throwing rocks. And at, when they get down from the, from the cliff, they examine the boat. And it's starting to take on water. And it's sinking. And they realize that the rocks were going right through the boat. So they had to figure out how they could get back to the shore, because they're on this island straight all by themselves. So what they decided to do is one would row and the other would bail. And they went as fast as they could. And somehow they got the boat back to shore and they made it. And so they, they had a decision to make. Do we tell the person that we rented the boat what we did? Or do we just put it back and get away as fast as we can? So they put the boat back in the pile of all the other boats, and they went back up to their tent site. As they got up to the tent site, and they're getting around the fire, you know, kind of hanging out, my grandma Marion looked at them 
And she said this, no joke. Boys, I was just praying and talking to the Holy Spirit, and he said that you guys were up to something. And they kind of looked at each other like, no. And she literally said this. She goes, whatever you did, you need to go fix it now. How many know we listen to the Holy Spirit grandparents in the house? <laughs> so she, she, uh, she went, uh, they, they both went back, and they, they went and told uh, the guy what happened. So the guy pulls up the boat and looks it up. And they said when they lifted it up, it looked like Swiss cheese. The boat had just so many holes. And the guy's looking at him, and the boat's here, the boys are here, and the guy just keeps, for, for a few minutes, he's literally going like this. And he's looking at him, he's like, and he says, how fast were you guys going? <laughs> he couldn't believe what they did. And he said, you know what? This was an old boat anyways. We'll just get rid of it. No worries. You guys go have a great time. Wasn't even mad. And you know, when I, when I think about that story, as fun as that is, it's so important for us to understand that we need the moving and the work of the Holy Spirit to reach every generation. I am so blessed and so grateful because I had grandparents and parents, not just blood relatives, but a church that I was raised in that would listen to the work and moving of the Holy Spirit, and they would speak truth into my life at just the right time, just the right season, and it would be course correcting. It would actually bring me freedom. And one of the things that can happen in a church is that we have to constantly be thinking, how are we imparting the Holy Spirit and his work in our lives, not just for us, but for every generation? And so today, I want to talk to you at PCC as we move forward. We are not going to be stuck in neutral. We are not going to just sit in our pews and just stay here and wait for the return of the Lord. Why? Because we live in a city that needs Jesus. We are called to go out and be salt and light. And here's the lie. So many people think, ah, oh, they don't need me. That's not true. Do you realize that you were born to live in this time and this season because God knew you had a plan for your life that you need to be used for the kingdom of God? Do not believe the lie, no matter how young or old you are, that you don't matter in the kingdom of God. Because in actuality, we need every generation to reach the next generation. It should never be left up to one. It's always passing it down because God is working and he's using people to reach the next generation. So how are we going to do that? What does that look like? If you're taking notes, I want you to uh, write down the big idea. How are we going to reach people in every, in every generation? By engaging the future and honoring the past. Engage the future and honor the past. The problem with so many people in church life is they want one or the other, and they don't know how to do both. It seems like you have to choose one, but I just believe that's a lie from the enemy. We can actually engage the future and the tension of honoring the past. And you know what's really cool? We're not the first ones to ever have to deal with that. There's been thousands of years, two, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus died and rose again, and the church was born in Acts. 
And you, did you, do you realize that the Apostle Paul actually addresses this very issue from a prison cell? He's writing to a church in Ephesus that was just born on his third missionary journey. He starts this church, and if you don't know much about Ephesus, it was a port city, very influential. People would There was lots of commerce, and here's the thing. There were lots of, the word was, Gentiles. That any, in case you don't know, a Gentile was simply someone who wasn't a Jew. And for all these years, everyone thought, man, you had to be a Jew to get in. And Paul comes in and he says, Christ died for the Jews first and then the Gentiles. For all of us here who's not Jewish, we should get up and say, yeah, Jesus died for me too. Thank you. That's what I'm talking about for all of us. I think sometimes we take for granted all that Jesus did. Think about it. All the rituals, all the traditions, Jesus took care of all of it for you and for me. And so he has this church in Ephesus that's just beginning, and Paul starts writing letters, and he's praying for them. And he's trying to figure out, how can I encourage these people to live their faith, not just for one generation, but you'll see in a minute, he's going to say, for all generations. So in Ephesians, Paul says this, and if you have your Bibles, by the way, little side note, chapter 3, verse 14. Come on, let me see your paper Bibles. We've been encouraging. Look at that. Look at that. We should give a shout. Come on. Woo! We want our Bibles, right? We love the Word of God. So our Bibles, if you have it, turn to Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. And the Apostle Paul He's talking to all the Gentiles, all the new believers, and he's so excited. And this is what he says. When I think of all of this, all the people, all the work that God's done, he says, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray from I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. How many of you are excited that the Holy Spirit doesn't run out of resources? <laughs> then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. You like those hand motions? I can teach those to you later if you want. <laughs> may, may you experience the love of Christ through, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish, this is so powerful, you ready? Infinitely, more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus. Now here's what we're talking about. Through all generations, forever and ever, amen. amen. All generations. Would you lift your hands with me? We're just going to pray. Father, right now, I just pray that your word would, so, would go down deep and sow deep roots in our hearts. Father, we receive all that you have for us. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts 
to respond to you. May we be a people that is moving forward with you and that every generation would know and love you. And may it start in our hearts. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. My big idea, engage the future and honor the past. Engage the future and honor the past. Why does this matter so much? Why am I saying this? Why is this so important? Because there have been generations throughout history that have forgotten God. How many remember a man named Moses? Moses, I have a picture of Moses for you. And a lot of people think that that's Moses. <laughs> Charlton Heston is not Moses, as great of a guy as he was. He was not Moses. Verse 21 reminds us, through all generations forever. Can you put that picture up real quick? I want to I just keep it up just for a little longer. Moses did something pretty cool. He loved God. The Bible records him as, one of the, as the person who knew God face to face. And he had a leader that he appointed right after him. His name was Joshua. And Joshua would hang out after Moses would leave the tent of meeting, and he would just stay there and wait and encounter the presence of God. And Joshua did some amazing things. But Moses, he started something incredible. He said, I'm going to obey God. What most people forget is that your simple obedience today will affect generations tomorrow. Everything you do in the dark, in the light, when you obey God, it never starts and ends with just you. It ripples way past beyond your life because that's the power of the Holy Spirit. He works in and through us, and it goes from generation to generation. So then Joshua rises up, and he's leading. They're doing amazing things. Now, I want you to check out what happens in Joshua 24, 14 through 15. It says, Now, therefore, this is Joshua speaking to the children of Israel. Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, if, if it is evil to serve the, if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you will dwell. Now, this next part. Let's listen to this. How many have ever heard this verse? But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Maybe you have a picture of this up on a wall somewhere. Maybe you knitted it on a pillow. Maybe it's a tattoo. I don't know. But this is a very famous passage, right? And I can just imagine, and everyone's jumping and excited, and they're all on board. And what I found, it's really easy, and I'm one of these people, to get excited and just start saying, yeah, we got this. Woo! We're not giving up. We're not done. Yeah! And everyone's staring like, why is he so excited? And all this passion. And have you ever had it where someone says, I am with you. I'll do exactly what you said. And then the next day, you're like, where'd they go? <laughs> and here's what happens. Judges 
2, 10 through 11, and all that generation also were gathered to their, fa their fathers. So Joshua's generation passed away, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. They went back to the foreign gods. That should bring a sobering word to our hearts. Not on our watch, PCC. Not on our watch. We are going to do everything we can to invest, reach, and love every generation because people are the prize. Moving forward, people will be the prize. They will continue to be the prize. They will always be the prize in all generations. And why do I say that? Because Jesus died for every person so that they can have a chance to respond to the grace of God. And my prayer is for every single one of us, because here's the truth. There are things that we will do to reach lost people that are not comfortable to us, that are not easy. Looking at people that are so different, that have amazing hair. <laughs> Looking, I know, right, Pastor Ray, all, the, all the guys like, yeah, I know. People look different. They like things, all the preferences. But here's the truth. When God gets a hold of your heart, you begin to look past that and you see people for who they really are and that they need Jesus. And something stirs inside of you that you get compassion. You see, one of the mistakes many people and church leaders do is they start to go for what feels only comfortable to them. You see, there are three kinds of churches that I've seen. One is the future-only church, the future-only church. When I was in college, there was a case study of a church that was born in a living room, and it grew, and the church got bigger and bigger, and people were excited. And so they rented out a junior high and they were so pumped. They had services in this middle school, and they had a scoreboard. Have you seen churches like this? Maybe you've been to one where they're planting and they're starting. And the pastor gets up, and he puts a scoreboard up on the screen. Go ahead and put it up. Should have a picture of it. And they put a number 20 right in the middle of it. And he said, in 20 years, this church will not exist. We're just going to multiply, 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 and in 20 years, this won't be here. We're going to be reaching people, planting people. We're just not going to be the same. It's going to be always changing, always different, always, always. Uh. Less than three years, that church is gone. Why? Because he had no value for the present. No value for heritage. He knew how to engage the future, but he had no honor for the past. Second church, I'll call it, this is, these are both real churches, by the way, tradition only. I encountered this church when I went to Springfield, Missouri, and there was a, um, it's, it's called, the, the joke is in the Assemblies of God, it's the Mecca, but it's the Assemblies of God headquarters. And I'm walking around, and they have all these different, really cool things about honoring history of the churches. And I look and there's this one church in particular that caught my eye, 
And I began to ask one of the pastors about it that was there. And he told me this story that, that absolutely blew me away. When you would come to this church, it was in the early uh, 1950s, when you would come, they would have a board in the back of the auditorium. And when you would come, there was a light bulb with the last name of your family. And as you walked in, you got to flip the switch on. And if you didn't get into church that day, guess what? All week long, your light bulb was out. So could you imagine in a small town, people are walking around going, hmm, guess who wasn't at church today? Didn't see your light bulb today. Just so you know, that church was actually put in there as an example of what not to do, the pastor told me. Isn't that interesting? And then there are churches all over the world right now that are doing and daring the impossible to engage the future and honor the past. I was talking to Pastor Bill about this, and he said, churches that are growing are reaching multiple generations. And he said at Portland Christian Center, for many, many years, we are a church that has up to five generations present at any service. Come on, five. Five. And yet, I just believe God is calling all of us to more. 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 Why do I say that? We could fill this church up 15 times on a Sunday, and we still wouldn't reach everybody in Portland, not even close. We have to remember the prize still needs to be loved. The prize still needs to be reached. There was a generation that rose that didn't know God. Barna Research, Pastor Jason was just telling me that the Gen Z, which by the way, if you don't know what Gen Z is, it's people that were born between 1996 and 2010. By the way, where are you guys at? Where's my Gen Zers? All right, come on, let's clear it up for them. All right, hey, we got so, all right. Less than 4% of them have a biblical worldview in the United States. And we can look at it and go, what a shame, as we should. But we could also do this. Let's get on our knees and start praying, asking God to bring revival. What an opportunity you live in. Do you realize that you were born for this? So many of us think, oh, man, that's just so overwhelming. No, it's not. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. He's still the answer. He's still setting people free. He's still doing what only he can do. So how will we do this, PCC? As we move forward, what will that look like? How will we engage the future and honor the past? The first way we're going to do this, I hope you write this down. Number one is by his spirit. Say, by his spirit. Ephesians 3.16 says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. The lie we see is this. I'm limited. There's no way I could reach those people. The truth, <laughs> we have a God with unlimited resources. When Myel and I first got married, I had three more hairs on my head than I have right now. <laughs> and one of our first ministry jobs 
Mael and I were just talking about this this morning. One of my first jobs was, our first jobs was, um, we were young adults pastors and senior citizen pastors. 25 years old. Knew absolutely nothing. Except for we love God and we're going to figure out how to love people. And I remember this feeling. We both were like, what do we teach people that have walked with God for 50 years? How do we do all this, right? How do we do this? And the Holy Spirit began to give us wisdom. And it wasn't about teaching. It was about listening. It was about loving. It was about asking questions. It was about praying with them. It was actually just being present with them. And we were talking about this. Do you know that was some of our most favorite times in ministry? I didn't. I mean, we really didn't know what to do, but we began to pray with them. We began to minister to them. We'd go to the hospital with them. They would pray for us. I never ate so well in all of my life. <laughs> it was some of our favorite times. And what I found out was that even though I felt limited by what I had, I had the work of the Holy Spirit, which was way more than enough. And I want you to ask yourself, what beliefs am I holding on to that are limiting my ability to love somebody that doesn't look like me, that isn't in my same age bracket. Because I just believe with all my heart that every single one of us are called to love people because people are the prize with the love of God. And it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And one of the things that can happen is that we get stuck in our own generation. If you've ever been there, you get stuck in your own thought processes, and you start to make judgments about people that you don't even know. And one of them, we had, um, this happened just this week. Uh, Evan McKee, where you at? He's 17 years old. Wait, come on, wave your hands. There you go, Evan McKee. He's awesome. Let's give it up for him. We had him come and help us write the sermon on, uh, for this week. And he was saying, one of the things that people don't realize about my generation is that we're actually, we actually want to be reached. I was blown away by that. Like, I was like, are you sure, Evan? He said, he said, look at the movies. Look at all the things that are happening in our culture. They want spiritual. They want something. They're longing. They're hurting. They're reaching out. And that little front that they're putting up in front of us is just wondering if someone cares enough to just take a moment and love them. At Portland Christian Center, we're going to engage the future and honor the past. The second way we're going to do this is that we're going to stay planted. Stay, say, stay planted. Stay. Ephesians 3.17 says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep, your, keep you strong. How do, how do we grow strong roots? You stay planted. We just put in 26 arborvitas. Thank you to some of you who helped us yesterday. And as a pastor, my hands are still stinging, just so you know. I'm not really used to all this manual labor like that. But here's the thing I know. It takes a lot of work to keep something alive that's been transplanted. And if you've been in the habit, like our culture, of canceling things, of just when it gets hard, you move on, it's way harder to grow down deep and deep roots if all you do is keep bouncing from one thing to the next. When I was growing up, we would sit around the table, and my grandparents would be there, my dad would be there, and we would memorize scripture together. 
Psalms 23, I remember that one so vividly. We'd memorize that and we'd say it at the dinner table and it was amazing. And there was a verse that said, you shall be like a tree planted by streams of living water that yield fruit each season. And as I was thinking about that verse, I was thinking that is Portland Christian Center. Yes, that's Portland Christian Center. Yes, it is Portland Christian. That's you. Turn your neighbor and say, that's you. You are going to be planted in the house and grow. Why? Because that's what you were designed to do. And how do we do that? We get in the word. We show up. We get filled up with the presence of God. And we begin to bear fruit. We begin to see amazing things happen. Why? Amazing things happen. Why? Because he's in you and he's in me. God's going to do what only he can do. This church is an amazing church with amazing history, and I want to honor that. This past week, um, Bill and Jan Rasmussen, who are right over there. Hi, guys. 55 years of marriage this week. Mael asked Bill at dinner. We, they invited us to dinner, and uh, we had a great time with them. And by the way, they know how to get to people's hearts. You guys are incredible. We were there to honor them, and we, we got them some flowers and cards, but they came bringing us presents. What? Amazing, generous people. By the way, that's what this church is filled with, young and old. Every generation, we're going to be generous, and we're going to be loving. But Mael asked him, what's the key to 55 years of marriage? And he said something that was so simple, so profound. He said, keep working at it. <laughs> I thought that was really good. Keep working at it. And when I hear that, you know what I hear? Stay planted. Stay planted. It's always easier to run, but the greatest fruit is when you stay planted in the house. The last thing, the way that we will engage the future and honor the past is lean into his love. You have to have his love to give it away. If you don't receive, that's why we worship, that's why we pray. We need his love so that I can give it away. Ephesians 3.18 says, And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and deep his love is. Because when you start to get the love of God in your life, you can't help but give it away. This past week, Pastor Heather and her team loved another generation well at Mega Kids Sports Camp. Come on, let's honor them. Isn't that incredible? She's down with the kids right now, but Pastor Paul can pass that on, I'm sure. But it was an amazing time. And they were talking about the work and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And uh, they were doing all these different things and great illustrations. And one of the kids went to, pass, went to uh, Kristen and said, um, so just I want to get this straight. Is the Holy Spirit a banana? <laughs> totally unchurched, totally, I have no idea. And they live all around us. And they're coming to church. And what's our job? To have the love of God in us so that we can love them. And it looks different for every single person. I want to invite Leroy, would you come up? Titus, would you come up? Evan, would you come up? Come on, would you give it up for them and the worship team, you guys come up as well? Come on up. There we go. Hey, 
Come on, my man. Come on, right up here. My man. Okay, Evan. All right. So in case you don't know much about, um, right now, Leroy, uh, Leroy and I are the only ones with the right haircuts, just so you guys know. <laughs> so one of the things that I love and appreciate about Leroy, Leroy many things, we can't cry, we're not going to cry, is that the love of God is just oozing out of Leroy. When we first showed up to Portland, he had a whole group of guys helping us move in and all these different things. But he did something that I think was inspired of the Holy Spirit. I'll just be honest with you. Because oftentimes we think it has to look a certain way. But here's what you do. Lord, show me how to love. I'm going to lean into your love so that I can love. And so we showed up, and we're a basketball family. And Leroy, will you hold that for a second? He has had this basketball in your office and in your house for 25 years. 25 years. And in, yeah, we clap for that. That's good. And the autographs on this of the 1993 Trailblazers, all of the Trailblazers. And this has meant a lot to you. This has been pretty cool. Yeah. And as we were coming, he found out that this guy likes basketball. And he wanted to make sure that the next generation felt the love of God. And what he didn't know, Leroy didn't know this, at least I don't think you do this, maybe you did, is that Myel and I had been praying that our boys would grow up in a house that knew how to love them and the next generation. You see, as a pastor's kid, when I went to Northwest University, I can't tell you how many pastor's kids I knew and met there that don't know God and don't serve him because of the pain they went through at the church they grew up in. Not on our watch. And so when we get here, Leroy has this basketball. Now here's what, how, how it happens, check this out. He may have given this to Titus, but as he passes it from the generation, it touches me too. It touches me too. I'm 40 years young. And some of you here right now, you can point to different times in your life when God has given a gift to somebody else and it actually touched your heart. And it changed me. And then, sorry, not yet, buddy. We meet this guy, Evan, whose dad has been a pastor here for 18 years, 19 years, 45 years. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we know Aaron McKee and your family, amazing family. And we meet him, and instantly there's a connection. I'm looking at Evan, I'm thinking, God has a call on your life. And you're going to GCU, and whatever that looks like, God's going to do this. But here's what happened. This ripple effect of just Leroy showing love to me gave me the confidence and courage that I can love other people too. And it looks like a basketball team saying, here you go. That's the love of God. And as Evan started hanging out with us and being with us, Next thing I know, he's loving Titus. They played one-on-one -on -one in our front yard. They've done all these different things. And here's the lie the enemy wants you to believe. It's just a basketball. Not even close. It actually is not about the basketball. It's about the heart. It's the heart of God loving us and loving the next generation. And so as he plays basketball with Titus, go ahead and pass it to Titus. What ended up happening is, Titus, go ahead and turn around. 
Titus, go ahead and look out, is able to do things that he could never do on his own because he has a family and brothers that love him and will help him. That's there for him. That when he needs help, they will help him. And as I look out at every generation, every place here at Portland Christian Center, I am believing and praying that there will be a movement, a heartbeat that will say, we are not going to let Portland pass away. We are not going to let the next generation pass away. We want to see this place completely filled with every generation that engages the future and honors the past. And we've been there before, Portland Christian Center. And I want to say this publicly. Thank you so much to Pastor Bill and Pastor Ray and Linda who are over there. We love you guys. We're so glad you're here. So glad you're here. Here's the thing. Can I see that ball for a second? Will you stand over there for a second? Stay right there, Leroy. You ready? Look at me. All of us are responsible to catch the ball. Go ahead and pass it to Evan. All of us are responsible. See if Leroy, come on, Leroy, you got it? Oh! Did you see that? I knew you'd catch it. The ball's coming your way. Do you know that? The ball represents the love of God. And my question to you is what are you going to do with it? Because so many people, my ball. I'm not sharing God. He's for me. They don't say it like that, but they live like that. But actually, God says, no, you got to give that love away. And it requires his love to change us. So here's what I want you to do with me. Would you stand with me just for a moment? And we're going to allow the love of God to transform our hearts. Would you close your eyes right where you're at? Some of you here, I love that our balcony is starting to fill up. Come on. We're going to see more and more people, aren't we? The harvest is coming. The harvest is coming. But here's, here's the truth. As you stay planted in the house, you will bear much fruit. And what I am praying for is that we will see a harvest of souls like we've never seen before. If that many people don't know God right now, think about how many will know God soon. We are being set up for one of the greatest revivals this generation will ever see. So, but what it requires is all of us to receive the love of God. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Lord, I just pray right now, stir our hearts. Is there anybody here? If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, today's your day to receive the love of God and be made new. Would you raise your hand right where you're at? I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. If you're online, we'll pray for you as well. But if you need Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, would you just slip up a hand? I just want to pray with you right where you're at. Is there any hand? I see that hand. That's awesome. Any other hands? Any other hands? We got a hand. That's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. There's probably more online. So would you repeat this prayer with me? Say, Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Make me new. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord a shout of praise? Someone receive Christ. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com.
or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com.